In this day of online streaming, record labels have become something of a controversial topic when discussing the creation of music. In a time when artists can directly connect to their fans via social media and streaming sites, some artists have questioned whether labels today can provide the value they have traditionally brought to an artist's release. But one example of a record label model working well and adding value is Gritty City Records. This Richmond record label was started in 2011 by Jono, aka Johnny Siggs, as a place to make music for him and his friends. Part record label, part recording studio, over the past six years, the Gritty City label has gone on to release over 25 albums and double that in singles, bringing their brand of hip-hop to market and representing a community of producers and MCs here in the city of Richmond. So without any further words from me, let's talk with the man that started the label, Jono, a.k.a. Johnny Six. When did you start Gritty City Records? Um, I started Gritty City in uh, 2011. I guess like the, the it started taking form, I'd say, in 2010. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I didn't I didn't actually give it a name, give an LLC, and do all of that stuff until 2011. What was the vision you had for it when you started it? Well, I've been um, you know I've been playing in bands and and um, participating in different uh, types of music. I was originally a drummer since I was a kid, and um, I'd say the vision really was um, I was tired of just being in uh, local bands and, and not actually going out and making some moves. So over the over the years of seeing um, what had happened in other projects I'd worked on, I kind of found ways to, to get a little business plan going, and I basically wanted a nice uh, a nice place, uh, a relaxed environment for solo artists and groups or whoever to be able to come through. and. Um, make quality music and not have to pay an arm and a leg for it. So I got my studio going. At first it was just like Pro Tools with hooked up to a guitar amp and then, you know, now we got our own spot and everything. And basically the vision was to just uh, good music, you know, have some fun with the friends, do it, do it well and do it for cheap. So the studio was like an integral part of the label. Yeah, I, it actually really started going. I was in... um audio engineering school because I was in a job that I just couldn't stand at the time and I just was looking for an out and um, I went to like little like internship school sort of thing and really the label really started with me just messing around with my friends while I was uh, doing homework I didn't have any instruments in my house and uh, so we would make hip hop tracks on Pro Tools just to give me something to practice mixing on and you know we really enjoyed it so seven years later here we are so you had mentioned that you were a drummer. Uh, when did you start doing that? I was 10. And you said you had played in bands. Like, what kind of bands were they? Um, I played in punk bands. I used to play in jazz bands, funk bands, uh, playing just regular old rock bands. Like, even to this day, I'm pretty much still uh, in a power metal band. We only play, like, once a year or so. But, um, you know, I used to go to a lot of, a lot of gigs with them um, all over Virginia. We never really got too far out of the state, but we did some cool stuff. And, um... You know, I still play with those guys, like, yeah, about once a year. So when did you start emceeing? Uh, in 2010, when, when I when I started uh, engineering. It's something that I, that I always wanted to do. I just never actually um, took the time to do it. And then, like I said, in 2010, I was in that engineering school, and I needed something, so I had a microphone, so I started rapping. The dude that I was uh, um, taking classes from him at a hip-hop studio when I played it for him. He was like, yo, this is actually pretty dope. So kind of like, uh, I guess that kind of got me going. And then other people started coming through and 
Yeah, and you know, that's pretty much all I've been doing now for for seven years now. Everything revolves around me rapping, basically. This one thing about Gritty is that y'all seem to really get into doing, like, the kind of, like, the team track. What was the inspiration for kind of, like, moving with that? I mean, that's just what we've always done. The reason that still happens is because when this first started is we used to just be sitting in my living room, drinking, smoking, whatever, just sitting around, a whole crew of dudes trying to rap, and we would just take a beat. And back then, you know, we didn't have, like, a production team or anything. We either had to rip something off the Internet or, you know, if we were lucky, one of the guys that didn't make beats for us was coming through with a new beat, and we would all just stack verses on top of it. So that's something we've just always done, and that's why I continue to do it is I, I enjoy it. I just like how it sounds. I mean, that's one of the things about Brady that I feel like a lot of people uh, enjoy about it is that we are legitimately just friends. Like, we'll be doing a show, joking on each other, having a great time, and it's the same thing when it comes to recording tracks. You know, the track might, you know, have five guys on it, and when we were making the track, we were probably all just cutting up at the studio, having a good time, and, and that's really, really what I enjoy most about uh, making music. I mean, I, obviously, I do a lot of solo stuff as well, but I, I really do look forward to the times when um when I get, you know, a few friends over, and we we can all get down and do a track together, and then hopefully eventually do a video, and hopefully eventually do a live, so I don't know. It's just the reason we do that is just because it's nothing more than it's just being, it's just fun. Well, I mean, that definitely comes through in the music. Like, it, it definitely sounds fun, and, it, I, you know, I think that that can be, uh, you know, attributed for for the success that you guys have had. Absolutely. How do you find managing, like, because I guess, to a certain extent, you are the, kind of like the... the I own the record label, and I, and I, yeah. and I run it. I'm, I'm basically the, the boss of the label, and, uh, and Ran and uh, John Canada, like, if... if, if uh, if a record label were drunk for to have a management team, they would be considered like, you know, management or whatever. And they're also your two biggest track producers. Am I correct in yeah. saying that? Okay. Yeah. Um, how do you do? You ever find a conflict, or is it complimentary? Like trying to work as an artist yourself along with Gritty? Do you, like do you ever find those two things bumping heads? No, nah, I mean it's. I mean there's other things about running the things where, 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 where there's some sort of conflict. But honestly, the way it's been getting run in my being an artist is, is a huge part of our success. Because what I would do is, you know, I would go ahead and reach out to these people. I was basically, you know, it takes, for instance, um, a lot of these beat makers that, that we've been working with recently. It's, I reached out to these guys for solo pur- purposes, just for me to do a track with them or just to see, you know, what they were charging for beats or whatever it might have been. And, um, you know, a lot of times with the music that comes out of it or with um, the way that business is handled, um, these people that I end up reaching out to continue to come around and want to work with us. So I believe that uh, a lot of the major moves that have been done for Gritty City have been because I was an artist. It wouldn't have happened if I was just sitting there trying to record people. The reason... The reason um, a lot of the opportunities we have come our way is because the artist side of me is wanting more, and then by artist side of me wanting more, then I can spread it around a little bit to the rest of the guys at Great City once uh, once things get cracking. Right now, your biggest distro channel is through Bandcamp. Have you found that to work for the label? Have you seen that as something that you want to try and move uh, away from at a certain point? I mean, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily feel like moving away from it. We are expanding. 
Um, you know, we're doing everything now through a, a online distributor plus Bandcamp. And then I also um, just completely restructured the company because, um, you know, we are getting to a point where, you know, what I was just talking about with me being an artist and finding opportunities that way, um, we're growing to a point now where I do have to take a little bit more of a, a stricter uh, boss kind of role. So we're we're looking for new opportunities. I don't think we'll, def- we'll, uh, we'll stray from what we already have because it is working to a certain extent. But I always want to build on top of what we already have and, you know, see where that can take us. Yeah, you know, I saw it on Facebook a few weeks ago that y'all's house, the gritty house, um, had caught on fire. And I yeah. know the timing of it, not that there's a good time for a house to catch on fire, but you had just moved your stuff into the new space, right? Uh, yeah, about a month before. So, like, what happened? It's kind of crazy, man. Like, uh, well, what happened was my dryer caught on fire, but because I'm terrified of dryer fires, I always keep my lint clean and everything like that. Fire investigator couldn't tell me what actually happened, but all I know is um, I was passed out, drunk as hell, in my room, which is where the laundry room is. It was in the corner of my room. I'll never forget it. I, was, I can't remember exactly what the dream was, but I was dreaming and having fun in my dream, and then all of a sudden I was just super uncomfortable. I took a breath in, and it was, like, super hot, and I was like, the hell is that? So I woke up, and my room was on fire, and I jumped up out of bed, grabbed my phone, ran out of the room, called 911, grabbed my cat, we went outside, and, um, yeah, we, we had to leave the house that day. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy, man, but it was like, honestly, uh, the, the silver lining of the whole situation has, has been huge. Do you even say that the silver lining is huge? I don't know, but looking at the silver lining of the whole thing has been, uh, it's been good, man. Everything, everything's been going well since then, and I think it gave everybody a uh, a certain perspective on things, and and made us realize, you know, that house meant a whole lot to a lot of people. I love that house. Uh, we'd throw shows there. Every release party that we would do, we would do there. Like, and then even just on the day to day, back back when me and Cyrus were living there, and just getting drunk every night, and there was crazy drunk people running around all over the place, bunch of crazy girls, like all of that. Half-ass rock star shit we used to do there every night. Like we looked back, we it, it gave us a second to look back on all of that, and just kind of kind of smile at the whole journey that we've been on and we're still on. It's like you know we we started doing this gritty city thing, just fucking around in my room drinking forties, and that house was the was the headquarters and the it's where everything revolved around. And I remember me and Pandemic were hanging out a couple of days afterwards. He was helping me move some stuff out of there, and we were just cracking up and talking about that it just gave us this whole all of a sudden realization that, you know, this has been a great ride and we hope that this, this ride keeps continuing. And, you know, the house had to go, but what better way for the house to go than catch on fire and me somehow make it out of there with no smoke alarms or no reason to really wake up while I'm shit-faced drunk. You know, it was just, it was, it was just kind of kind of a crazy situation. I don't know if it's possible to explain in words, but... It was it was uh, something that ended up being uh, being positive, and since then things are really moving, and um, we're getting getting even more organized, and really enjoying the new studio, and everything's good. Just glad I'm not dead. Well, yeah, I mean you're you're very lucky. Hip hop has generally been like a, I think almost like an aspirational, like there's been an aspirational quality to it in the way that uh, rappers or or um, labels even would kind of put out maybe not a, a reflection of what they currently are, 
but a reflection of kind of where they want to go. And that seems to be something that Gritty really does well is somehow manage to get across like this feeling of the lives you guys are living. Seems like you, you're able to respect your position, do things well. What it is is, I mean, what with with what we've got going and the way we've lived and you know all of this crazy stuff that's happened, there really is no need to you know obviously strive to get better um, in everything I do in life. You know, I hope that five years from now I'm improved on everything, but at the same time, I don't need to pretend that I'm further along than I already am. I really think that that's that's a huge problem around here, not just in rap music, but just in life in general. Everybody's on Instagram and everything, painting this image that they're something more than they actually are, and if you can make everybody believe that you are actually something that you're not, then that doesn't give you any uh, real incentive to better yourself. So I, I really enjoy the fact that, you know, me and a buddy of mine that actually do do whatever the hell we're about to write about can sit down in, in uh in the studio, like, you know, take Squeaky Waterfalls, for instance. Me and him made an entire album a couple of years ago about how, basically about how we've just been running around in Richmond, Virginia for the past 15 years, getting drunk and acting like idiots. And we made fun of ourselves the entire time because we realized that our lives aren't perfect and we realized that, like, you know, we are just a couple of idiots. We're pretty normal dudes running around, like, to make rap music. And I got so much enjoyment out of making that record with him. Me and him would just laugh and laugh the entire time we're writing. And then when we put out the record, you know, it was received as like, oh, yeah, this is just some gritty city shit. And that's all I want anybody to say. I don't want anybody to say that it's this or that or compare it to some guy that I don't even know or like. Like, when, when our music comes out, I, I love the fact that people see the brand, they understand what we're talking about, and then they might even, like, share a story of, like, oh, yeah, I went and hung out with those dudes this one time, and this happened. And it, it is just some gritty city shit and that's all we've ever wanted to make i think it was facebook i saw a video of y'all doing um you went out and bought a bunch of gifts for kids um is that something y'all did once or have you i mean have you done it multiple times or what what was the impetus for that we've done it uh we've done it twice now and it's something we're going to be continuing to do um every december for as long as uh gritty city is a thing so hopefully for you know, ever. But uh, basically what it was is um, me and Squeaks, one day we're just chilling, and it was right after we had uh, it got voted uh, third best in hip-hop in Style Weekly. And at that point, we had kind of accomplished everything we set out to do. We had always said we wanted to be known as one of the best around town, and anything after that was extra. So we kind of took that and wanted, you know, we'd been talking about doing this charity thing for the kids, and we took that as a sign that it was time for us to give back to the city that had given us so much. So we um, decided to throw this event that we call Gritty Cities for the Kids. And every year we uh, throw a show, open up a GoFundMe, and all donations are donated to uh, Toys for Tots. We've got a little spot on South Side, a little uh, window shop that works with us on it. Yeah, it's been it's been a success two years in a row. We've we've been able to do. Uh, Twelve fifty the first year, thirteen fifty the second year. So a little bit of growth wow. is always good, and we just want to we just want to keep that moving. That that's a pretty successful um, fundraiser. Oh yeah, so, like I said, we wanted it to we wanted to go even bigger this year. I guess we uh, 
we we couldn't get uh we couldn't get up more than that. But like I said, we're always just striving for growth, especially with something like that. I really do, you know, believe that getting kids with toys around Christmas time is a great thing. And I really, really hope that, you know, besides the music, that's probably my second biggest thing that I, that I concentrate on. I start getting working on that like six months out. You know, I'm just trying to figure out ways to make that even more of a success. So every time we do it, we can, uh, you know, hopefully raise more and more. The Gritty City releases that you do on Bandcamp, are they the pay what you want or do you set fixed prices for them? Um, They used to be all pay pay what you want. Now we're doing like five to ten, depending on the release. We used to do everything for free, but as we started investing more and as the product started getting better, we wanted to start charging so we can at least try to, you know, break even, make a couple extra bucks, um, you know, whatever it might be. Because it, you know, with, with some of these shows we're throwing, they cost a bit of money and we're basically we're bringing more to the table. So we're just asking for a couple bucks back for the music now. And uh, we're also going to be doing um, physical copies, copies as usual. Um, but we've also stepped up the physical copies. Um, you know, actually, the record you did with them, through the same manufacturer, we've, uh, we're starting to do uh, digipacks through them, and uh, they look great. And um, you know, I'm really excited about all of it. Unfortunately, at this point, I had a bit of an issue with the phone recording. But I wanted to mention, I asked Jono what advice he would have for folks trying to start their own label, and he gave a great piece of advice. You won't know until you try. I'd like to thank Jono for taking the time to talk with me. He'll be on tour this coming week. Also, Gritty has some new records coming out to keep an eye out for. A new release from Sleeves, a new solo record from Johnny Siggs, and Fan Ran and Ben FM's American Music release. For all of this, you can follow Gritty on Facebook and Instagram at Gritty City Records and on Twitter at Gritty City RVA. The outro music here is Freight Boxing by Silence of Suicide, aka me, Gary Lama, available on OVLR Records. For more episodes, check out our website at VariousPodcast.com. We are also on Stitcher and iTunes under the show title, Various Things. Thanks for listening.